This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And if the voice sounds upbeat, if it sounds exciting or excited, there's a reason for that. This is a June unlike any I've seen before. COVID definitely has influenced it with all of the guys that are coming on campus, the visits that are condensed into this month, the camps that are are condensed. You got to have your head on a swivel. That's like a football analogy, right? They say keep your head on a swivel. Definitely in recruiting right now, keep your head on a swivel. Guys showing up on campus left and right, impromptu visits, commitments, transfers, all of that and more. You got to be checking the MichiganInsider.com like constantly right now if you aren't already a member get signed up now this is one of the biggest recruiting weekends in recent memory as far as the summer is concerned this victor's weekend coming up and then you're still going to have they're going to have a loaded a loaded barbecue at the big house coming up in july so if you haven't signed up over at tmi the michiganinsider.com get signed up now a dollar gets you your first month pennies a day after that keeps you signed up for all the inside scoop when it comes to Michigan football and basketball recruiting and team news. Joining me today to talk about all of that and more, as much as we can condense into an episode, is my guy, Mr. Bryce Marich, who I mean, he says don't share my news. It's not my news to share, so I'm not sharing any news yet. I'm just saying I'm happy for and proud of my guy, Bryce Marich. I remember when Bryce Marich was middle schooler calling. I say this all the time. Middle schooler calling into the show. Now he's homeowner, big baller, maybe another title coming up soon. How you doing, Bryce? Good, good. I mean, you can listen, Sam, you can drop it. I am, I am newly engaged. I proposed to my girl. She took a second. So I don't know. But yeah, she said. Hey, and man. I'll tell you one thing: that ring was more than a dollar. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, help Bryce out. Help a brother out. He has to pay for this ring. Come on, come subscribe. on, people. Come on. Come I on, mean, subscribe. yeah, this 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 helps the cause. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. You want a happy wife, happy life, right? So help told. help That's Bryce have I'm a told. happy life and go sign up over at themichiganinsider.com. But man, it is different, Bryce. The the speed, the rapidity. If we had the energy, if there were enough hours in a day, we could write 20 stories a day. That's how how frequently things are happening at this moment. So I was down last week at the Newkirk. Josh Newkirk and I were down in Florida, Bradenton, Florida, IMG Academy, for the 7-on-7 seven seven National Championship, NFA, and mainly, though, for the Under Armour Future 50, which is typically – in Jan- late December, early January, around the Under Armour All-American game. Went down there to see a handful of guys, but mainly Walter Nolan, who we'll get to a little bit later on in the podcast. I, I got to say right now, though, he is a f-ing animal. I can say that on the podcast. He is an animal. Now, let's come back to what I was doing leading up to the Future 50. So I'm, you know, getting ready, going through the roster, writing some stories, right? We had the 
The Jaden Bradley story on the basketball side of things, five-star, big time. Now That came on the heels of the Ty Rogers story. Michigan looking really good with Ty Rogers. I know you know Ty really well on the basketball side. So a lot of momentum on the basketball side, too, with all of the, the visits, the big-time visits going on. And so as I'm getting ready to break down the NFA 7-on-7 roster, I get a call from up here in the state of Michigan. Say, hey, man, Dalen Baldwin. He's working out of, he worked out of Michigan today, and he killed it. I said, Dalen Baldwin, man, that, that name sounds familiar. One of Reggie Wins, guys. One of Wheat's guys at Morgan State. Sounds familiar. What's the deal? So Dalen Baldwin had had himself a hell of a week. Dalen Baldwin had gone to Ohio State and killed the game. You know, measured in at over 6-2, ran a sub 4-5-40. He had done the same at Penn State a couple of days prior. The talk was, and I hadn't heard that at the time that I got that phone call, mind you. I was traveling all day Thursday, so I had missed the whole Ohio State piece. And so, yeah, he's at Michigan. He just killed a workout. I said, Dalen Baldwin. Okay, okay. And he killed the Man, he's 6-2 and some change. 213 pounds, 4440. And is coming off a big time season, relatively speaking, at Jackson State. Why did he leave Jackson State? They say he left, he said he left Jackson State for a scholarship issue. I don't know what the scholarship issue was. He said a scholarship issue. Made him look around. I think he was thinking Max at the time, Bryce, that he was going to maybe land at. And there was some talk that after the Ohio State offer, that he was still looking at Central Michigan pretty strongly because it's a favorable depth chart. And you remember, hey, man, Central, you can go to Central and ball out and be a guy, Antonio Brown. You remember West Virginia handed Antonio Brown uh, to uh, to Central when they couldn't get him in at, at, down there at Western? So it's that path has been traveled before by a receiver. You can see how – and he's coming back home. He wasn't, I'm told, by one of the people in the circle. He wasn't going to go to Michigan Friday. And they sort of talked to him and said, I mean, you should still go. You know, I know you you see the path to to playing time being very clear at Central, but, you know, Michigan, they have some guys, but a lot of young guys. And a, a lot of guys that don't look like you physically. So even though they have a lot of talent there, it's it's talent where maybe you can distinguish yourself with your combination of size speed, and experience. Maybe distinguish yourself a little bit more than Ohio State where you got Chris Olave, who's already killing the game, right? Garrett Wilson, five-star guy, already. These are guys that are ready to explode if they haven't exploded already. Olave has exploded already. So he goes, and he kills it. He, he Ohio State offered immediately. Michigan didn't hesitate either. And so now when you're weighing the two, he really vibed and connected with Josh Gaddis. He made that a big deal about that visit. He said, you know, you want to see how you're going to connect with the guy teaching you. He said, I feel like he can make me better. There was just this vibe. I, I picked up what he was putting down as far as the coaching points and the technique, and it really resonated with me. I was like, this is a guy that I can work with on top of the strength and conditioning because he said my entire trajectory, trajectory as a guy has been based on development. He was not a heavily recruited guy out of high school, period. He was Morgan State out of high school. And now here he is. He has Ohio State and Michigan fighting over him. That's big-time development, Bryce. That's big-time development. So he said, I want to be in a place where I feel like my development is going to be maximized. Strength and conditioning, 
Ohio State's strength and conditioning is really good, too. All right? Make no mistake. Michigan's strength and conditioning is outstanding. They're, they have all of the, the facilities. Are, they rival pro and are better than some pro franchises, right? So then how do you connect with the coaches? You connected with Brian Hartline, but I think the vibe, the connection was greater with Josh Gaddis. And then maybe the tipping point is, like I said, I mean, you look at how he distinguishes himself in this receiver room. Definitely from a size perspective, he's different. Well, you say, well, Sammy, well, he's different from a size perspective than, than the guys at Ohio State. Jamison Williams is gone. He was the long, rangy guy, right? I mean, they don't have a whole lot of guys that look like look like uh, Dalen Baldwin either. But then you also have another difference in that, what I just pointed out, the profile. Chris Olave, he's not coming out, Bryce, <laughs> right? Hey. Give me the damn ball. He's Shays of Keyshawn Johnson. You, you're going to feed Chris Olave. You're going to feed Garrett Wilson. There is a certain percentage of the balls that are going to go those places. You get to Michigan, you got talent. But is, is there talent there that has emerged to the point where they're going to command Chris Olave percentage of balls? Garrett Wilson percentage of balls? I don't think that that's the case. So there is more opportunity to carve out a niche at Michigan, which, oh, by the way, happens to be at home. So I'm not ready to say that he's Nico, right? You you got to do it. You got to prove it at this level. But I think he has Nico potential, Bryce Marich. 6'3", 210, played for, like you said, Jackson State, had 540 yards, seven touchdowns in six games. So he can definitely catch the ball. He can, you know, definitely – go in the open field, make plays. And like you said, Sam, he's going to bring experience. He's going to bring height and he's going to bring needed contributions in terms of, I mean, you lost worthy in the off season, yeah. which is a big blow. Big that blow. was one he would have definitely helped out, but he wouldn't have helped out in terms of height. Right. You know, and right. in terms of having Nico, we watched last year. how it was not having Nico in the offense. It definitely hurt them. They're looking for that. Guy, they could just chuck it up there, make a play. And I think with Baldwin, I'm not like you said. I don't know if he's going to mean Nico Collins and be a guy that gets drafted, but he's got that potential. You know, it's crazy too because when I was covering first with the site, I watched David Reese in Farmington, mm-hmm. and one of the guys I remember was this Baldwin guy. I'm like, man, he's really good. I'm like, <laughs> I looked at some of the schools. I'm like, he's getting super under recruited. I'm like. This is a kid I could see, you know, Michigan go for. Michigan never did. But I just remember watching him on the field when I was watching David Reese, and I'm like, he's got a lot of potential. He's a guy that could definitely play. And I could tell from talking to people in the stands, he wanted to stay home. He wanted to play at an in-state school. Obviously, that didn't happen. But full circle, it's now come to fruition. And so I think adding him was a huge offseason pickup. Michigan hasn't had tons of transfer portal, I would say. Success, right? Right. That's, you know, so finally, finally, right. Finally, they hit the jackpot, I would say. And they won one of these. But, yeah, I think, like you said, it was a surprising development. I know that's something you broke, uh, Sam, and certainly going to definitely help them for sure. And it's a needed 
um, contributor and a guy that I think can definitely make an impact right away for them as well. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like like we said, some experience coming in the door, some size. He, he has deep speed, too, so he can get on top. Uh, measurables, very similar. That's why I say his Nico potential. Measurables are virtually the same as Nico's measurables. Now, you got to do it at this level, right? That's why I'm not projecting that he's definitely going to be that guy. Uh, but he definitely has that potential. All right, so let's let's move on. So then you get into the visits, right? And it was a big visit weekend. You had a number of guys that Michigan has been in really good shape with at or near the top of their list that made it to campus. So I felt that way for some time about Miles Pollard. I felt that way for some time about Nate Johnson. And then Jeremy Patton. Bryce, for a long time, I was like, you know, Michigan, I felt like they were one of the early teams on Jeremy Patton, looking good for Jeremy Patton. And then it feels like, you know, down in his region, the the attention started to amplify. I don't know if Michigan had something to do with that or what. But, you know, it's recently, it recently started to feel like the lure, the pull of the regional schools had gotten stronger and that he was going to be a tougher pull for Michigan out of Texas. 6'1", 210, linebacker prospect, actually has played wide out. He's played everything for his high school. Um, he's listed as an athlete, but Michigan likes him in linebacker. Linebackers coach George Hilo and defensive coordinator Mike McDonald have been tag teaming this recruitment. They've done a fabulous job. And so, yeah, Sammy finally came up on official visits this past weekend. Really enjoyed it. He said it got to do a lot, got to hang with some players, got to see kind of the campus, check out the vibe. And uh, he really hit it off with the staff, with the players, and liked everything all around with the city of Ann Arbor. So I think Michigan looks good. He did take a prior prior to the Michigan visit. He took a one to Austin, Texas to see the Longhorns. And like you said, that's one of the teams that's definitely turned up the heat. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just because of Michigan's you know interest in them for so long or what. Uh, Baylor, he's going to be checking out Baylor this upcoming weekend for official visit. I would say around those three teams seem like um, they're leading the pack, but Michigan's definitely in there. They're definitely stressing, hey, we're looking for big, physical, but athletic linebackers. You fit the bill to a T. You could come in, play right away. Three, four system. Guess what? You're making a lot of tackles because the guys up front, they're going to take care of the linemen. You don't got to worry about them. And so I think that really appealed to him. That system, the early playing time, because I think he looks at kind of the depth chart there as well. And he sees, hey, there's opportunity as well. And I think it's one of those things where he's talked to me about he's not afraid to leave the re- you know, the region. He, he's saying, hey, listen, I'm willing to go outside and play for other schools if that means the opportunity is right. He took that you know, visit to Michigan. He saw that there is opportunity there. And he's a guy that Michigan loves. He's a tip-top target, like Steve likes to say. And he's someone that I think Michigan sits in extremely good position with. And out of all the official visitors, I was told Michigan knocked out the park with him the best. So mm. definitely stink well, that's really a, good with him. That's impressive because I think they they smashed it with Nate Johnson. I think they smashed it with Miles Pollard. So let's let's start with Nate. So it's funny how the ebbs and flows of of recruiting are <laughs> this. I, I guess. What's happening in that recruitment is kind of a microcosm of what's happening with recruiting overall, right? Where 
things just seem to be swinging all over the place. One week it looks like, man, Michigan's looking really good. Next week it looks like, oh, somebody else is coming up uh, with all these visits that are going on. So Nate Johnson, been to Utah, Arizona State, really making a move, right? He comes to campus last week with his family. His quarterback's coach comes as well, Greg Pinelli, who we have a story with over on the MichiganInsider.com coming up. If it hasn't posted by the time you read this or you hear this podcast, it'll be up shortly. And he said it was a wow experience that they could. So Arizona State, and I'm not sure. I know Coach Pinelli hadn't been to Arizona State with him, but he's seen Utah. He's seen Arizona State. No comparison to Michigan's facilities. It's just not. I mean, you, the stadium, you've seen Sun Devil Stadium? Just not a compare. It's just, you could probably fit three of them inside the big house, Ira. I mean, not Ira, but Bryce. You probably fit three of them in there. They were in awe. Like, are you kidding me? This, these are college facilities was their reaction. And so they have really been approaching him from the standpoint of look of what we are trying to add to our quarterback equation. You can really do that. We have a vision. We have a plan. We are not recruiting you as a quarterback that we are going to switch off and have you're going to be receiver, court, uh, running back, uh, and that be your role all the time. You're a quarterback long term. We may want to use different aspects of what you do, but, man, we love what you can bring to our offense at the quarterback position. And I think they sold him on it. I think they sold him on it. And I think his quarterback's coach coming along was really, really significant. Because if you talk to Greg Pinelli, and I, can, I don't know if we played his, his interview on a podcast a couple of months ago where he said, look, he can really sling the football. You heard Greg Biggins say the same thing from the – uh, from the Elite 11 camp. He's like, man, this dude has a live arm. He can really spin the football. This is not your typical guy who can run a 10-400 meter. And you're like, oh, you just put him back there because he's another threat at the, or another running threat at the quarterback position. He can really run, yes, but he just needs development, more coaching, more nurturing as a quarterback. He has the arm talent to do it. And I think Michigan is sold on that. I think that Johnson, I think that Greg Pinelli, who they listen to a lot when it comes to evaluating the quarterback scenario, I think he sold on that opportunity being here at Michigan and having Matt Weiss come in from, from Baltimore and them say a lot of what we did with Lamar Jackson, I think it resonates because you have a guy that was there. I think they absolutely, I feel better after the visit about my crystal ball than I did before when my crystal ball was falling. Because the other piece was, I said, man, how is he going to deal with the distance, Bryce? And I want your take. I said, is, he's a California kid. He's a Fresno area kid, right? Is he really going to come across the country with Arizona State is closer, right? Um, you, got, you got UCLA hovering. UCLA was going to see him throw this week. Utah, hop, skip, and a jump away. Is he going to jump over all of that? For Michigan. And Greg Pinelli was like, he both his dad went to Oklahoma. Both of his brothers are going to college in Oklahoma right now. Yes, he will go and not think twice about it. I think Michigan, my personal opinion, I think Michigan is in the driver's seat 
Again, I thought they were slipping from that point, Bryce. And you'll, you guys can read the story for yourself. I thought they were slipping from that post. I think they firmed up their position as his leader, in my opinion. My opinion, I want to stress that on this visit. It really boils down to, you know, your personal preference, right? You got Justin, you got Justin Martin, you got um, the kid, that Colin Harrell, uh, the, the Connor Harrell down in down in uh, Alabama, and then of course you got this kid, Nate Johnson. Who, when you talk about the upside of the group, they all have a lot of upside. But for something about Nate Johnson and that speed. That ooh-wee speed at the quarterback position, Bryce, that you just, hey, if he sees a seam, you aren't catching him. Something very intriguing about that, my man. You know, for me, I don't know if it was slipping, but it was more of just the other guys emerged. Yeah. Because I think they just didn't have really anyone else. It was like the Nate Johnson show, and that was in. And all of a sudden, you know, they're like, well, let's take a step back and see what else is out there. But that didn't mean they didn't like Nate Johnson. It was just wanted to, you know, check out what else was out there. And right. I think, too, Matt Wise, first guy he talked to once he got the job, other than Dante Moore, obviously, right. was Nate Johnson. Well, and so he's the most like, from a, from a running perspective, he's the most like Lamar Jackson of all those guys. It's that first love, too. You know what I mean? Like, you always think about that first girl you were with, and I think that's something, like, Michigan's kind of looking at with him was, you know, he was always there. He was a guy they have always really liked. I think the moment Matt Wise actually joined staff, it helped Michigan's position with him because of just fit and how he fits in the offense going forward, and that's something you've talked quite a bit about, that Ravens running game and attack, and so – one of the clips actually that Greg posted during the official visit tour or whatever was Nate taking a QB read in the big house, faking it and running into the end zone. You could see him jumping up and down, enjoying his time. And it almost looked like, you know, shoelace. I know we joke about it because of your story of how they compare, but right. you could definitely see he really was enjoying his time. He really was taking everything in. And I think it was one of those things of where I've known plenty of people my fiance actually is from the area, California, the Fresno area. So she grew up there and now she lives here, but she it's a completely different world. But she also likes this other side of the country 10 times better. And for him, maybe it's just something where, hey, he's checking out for the first time. He's like, he's blown away. This is all new to him, but it's a good new. Change is not always bad. It can always be good. I think for him... Like you said, seeing Arizona State, seeing Utah, seeing all these local schools. He's done it. He's seen it. He's heard it. But then seeing Michigan, that's a whole new thing. It's all it's a college town. It's the biggest, you know, it's the big house. Everything about it is really attractive. And on top of that, you know, he can come in. He doesn't have that pressure of having to play right away. You got JJ McCarthy, you got, you know, Cade, you got all these guys. And so he can learn, he can develop. And at that point, he can be a, a real weapon for Michigan, the offense. So, like you, Sam, I really do like where Michigan sits with Nate Johnson. And I, if I had to say out of the three quarterbacks right now they look the best for, it would be Johnson. To be clear, when I said he's the most like Lamar Jackson, I'm not, I'm not saying this kid is Lamar Jackson. Uh, no, please, right, please right, I'm right. talking about from right. – 
from the kind of running threat that he is. He's a 10 4 100 meter guy. That's elite speed. Elite speed. That's track speed at the quarterback position. And that's what Lamar Jackson brings to the quarterback position just at the NFL level, which is way, I mean, you got a long way to go. And then he has elite size too. And Nate Johnson doesn't have elite size. So I understand the better comp is the one that Greg Pinelli made. If you're actually making a comparison, it would be Shoelace. It would be Denara Robinson, except technically, and Greg Biggins spoke to this, he said from a technical throwing perspective, he's he's a little further along, a lot further along as far as his mechanics are concerned. But I think Michigan hit it out of the park with him. I think Michigan nailed it with Miles Pollard. I talked to Miles. Miles said, he said, it's me, my sister, my mom, my dad, and my uncle. It was a family affair. You bring that much family on a visit, it's not just mom and dad. I mean, they brought the uncle to you. It, it, there's a message in that to me. Like, you're, you're really, really looking to get some, some really extensive feedback across the board, right? And Miles said, man. Now, there are times where Miles can be a little more guarded. Sometimes he'll let things slip. Like, he... One of the interviews recently, he said, you know, everyone knows Michigan is on top for me. That was like one of the recent interviews, right? He's a little more guarded this time. But it's it's clear to me, based on what he had said prior to that, the number of people on this visit and his biggest takeaway. So he said, man, I, I love the coaches. Klinkscale is one of my one of my favorite coaches, but he talked about Coach Herb and uh, in the strength and conditioning program and all the coaches he was he was talking about. And then the players, Junior Colson, Will Johnson made it up for the day, got a chance to hang with him. He said, man, we're, we're just really close. I'm just really, really close with Will. And they, you know, they're having that back and forth about what it could be like to line up on, on each side. And, and they are playing that, that envisioning the future together game. Now, and I, I really think, that it's resonating. He, I think, has a an appreciation for Clink Scale's coaching style. That does not mean that he doesn't have an appreciation for others. But I think the marriage of the academics, they love the campus, the city feel of the campus in Ann Arbor, I, and then the connection with the players on top of it. So connection with coaches, connection, connection with players, academics, facilities and campus i just think they ch- i think now and this is my opinion all right because i'm very close i got a couple calls to make to see if i put in the crystal ball very close to putting in the crystal ball all right and i got a call or two to make before i do i think that for michigan the ability to check those boxes academically and athletically, while also having the comfort of people that he knows and is close to, I think it's going to be extremely tough to be. It is my opinion that the rest of this visit slate is about comparing it to Michigan. I think it's due diligence in comparison to Michigan. I want to be clear that Miles did not say that. Those are not Miles's words. He didn't offer that up in in confidence or allude to it in any way. This is just my impression from talking to him for a while now. 
having, you know, talk to his dad and get his impression of things, it is my impression now that Michigan has set the bar and that everyone is going to be compared to Michigan, and we'll see how they do. Let's see how they do, how they measure up. And I think it's going to be a tall order at this point, Bryce. Yeah, he's a guy that Michigan's been on forever, and I think once they got, you know, clean scale um, on board, that was a huge, just a huge addition and boost for them in terms of their pursuit for him. And like you mentioned, that connection he has with Will, with Dion, just the whole Johnson family is, I mean, extremely important to him. And, you know, he talks about that, and Will talks about in every, every interview too, just the two and the connection as well. So in terms of, you know, if they were to land both, that's huge because they only got one corner last cycle, you know, Jaden mm-hmm. McBurrow. So they need guys, and they need guys to play right away as well. So he would definitely be a huge addition to, you know, the class. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so that was – there are other visitors. I mean, we can't go over all the visitors in this podcast. Go to themichiganinsider.com. You can keep track of all of them. We have all kinds of stories. A dollar for the first month. Themichiganinsider.com. But I do want to highlight some of the campers, some of the campers and unofficial visitors. I do want to make mention of Oscar Delp, who was a Monday-Tuesday visitor at Michigan, and his uncle, who was with him. So the uncle was the plug for for me. The uncle... The on the dad side, they grew up in Michigan. So dad and uncle are Michiganders, and Michigan was a thing for them, right? So dad, I remember Oscar telling me, dad cried when he got the Michigan offer. Like I think he he said it wasn't a Michigan thing that he cried. It was just it was it was a big first offer because Michigan was Oscar Delp's first offer, and he's blown up since then. It's like is he the number one tight end in the country? He's up there. He's one of the top tight ends. Yeah. And so he's up there. So he, you know, he comes on the visit. This is after everyone and their mother in the South is offered now, right? So now Georgia's offered him, and everyone is saying Georgia, 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 Georgia. He comes up on the visit, and uncle's on the visit too with mom and dad. And man, we're getting info from the visit. Like, man, he's in the big house and he is smitten. He is, he is fired up. He is excited. He is picturing himself in Michigan. He is falling in love. With Michigan because he's seeing it now you know he heard about it from his family but now he's seeing it now I initially had put in a crystal ball back in the day and I just you know I I think things had kind of swung to the south I just don't change it until I get sort of definitive word that it's really in another direction but I can tell you this while my confidence level isn't a six anymore and I'll be changing that uh, and lowering it I still feel a lot better about Michigan coming off of this visit because his his uncle is like, dude, he was absolutely blown away. So we will have more on Oscar Delp during the week. But I wanted to hear what Kenneth Grant, who we remember we had that podcast. We were talking about them looking at big, giant guys on the defensive line. Kenneth Grant, he qualifies, right? I think he's big enough. (laughs) 6'4", 335 pounds from Indiana. Uh, Just a massive human being. I mean, we talk about Jacob Hood, but – Kenneth Grant, I think, could definitely take him on, no problem. Um, and he's just a guy that fits perfectly. What Michigan wants inside of the middle, 3-4, he could clog. He can definitely get in the backfield. I mean, you watch his highlights even, and Steve said he had, like, one of those eye-popping highlights. They're just – they catch you. It's, like, worthy for him. It was one of those where you're like, okay, you can tell this is going to be a guy. I know you look at his ranking. He's a three-star middle, three-star type of guy, but – 
he's definitely going to be someone that's going to rise up in the rankings. And it showed. He camped at Ohio State earlier this month. He picked up that offer. And Ohio State's just not offering anyone off the side of the, you know, the road here. They're they're looking for top talent. So once you see them offering a kid like him, he might be a little better than his ranking says. But, yeah, no, he came up on an unofficial visit, not official visit. He's a guy that, you know, Michigan's been courting for some time now. Sean Nua has been kind of leading there, the charge there for Michigan. And he said overall it was one of those visits where – you know, he, he kind of didn't know what to expect. You know, he's seen a lot of campuses before. He's been on trips. You know, he's he's camped even at places this summer. But with Michigan, which is not super far away from Merrillville, um, Indiana, his high school, he was like, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to expect, what I'm going to see. But he said he left thinking, man, this is just a big family. Like Michigan, the hospitality, and that's something I think – we're really starting to see with more of these articles. You know, we talked with Dante Moore. He said, hey, for Detroit Day, they walked us in. It was pouring raining that day in Detroit Day. They came up to our cars with umbrellas to make sure, hey, we're not going to get soaking wet. And just the hospitality, just, you know, Christian DeRuiter, those type of things we're starting to see with this new recruiting staff. And they're, you know, turning everything up a notch. We saw that with Kenneth Grant as well. And so he talked about it with me. And he said, listen, I had an awesome time. You know, the thing that stood up the most was just the people and their vibe. He's like, everyone's like family. And, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you don't know a single soul there. They just treat you like family, you know. And he was joking with me. He's like, that's even at the stores and even places that don't have nothing to do with the program. You know, he's like, hey, man, they just they're just all happy here. So he had a really good time. He's going to take his official visits, uh, uh, official visits in the fall. Wants to check out more of the campuses. He does plan on returning to Michigan. But in terms of official visitors and unofficial visitors, he might have been one of the top and one of the most important guys they had on campus this weekend in terms of what he would bring to the table, fits you know the scheme, and he's the guy I think has the potential to play right away as well. Right, and then there were the campers, right? And we can't go into all the campers, but there were some camp offers that went out. I want to focus on a couple, starting with a kid that you called it. When we were at Ferris State, <laughs> we were like, man, they're going to offer this dude. Now, they invited him to camp that day. Wide receiver Samaj Morgan. And he's electric, Bryce. He's electric. And he, every camp he's been to, it's been the same story. It's like, he almost didn't have to show up. He could just send him a tape and be like, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> right? Like, hey, I, you want to see me? See what I do at your camp? Just play this tape and pretend I'm there because this is exactly what I'm going to do when I get there, whether it's Ferris or Wayne State or Michigan. I mean, the clips all look the same, and they got to the point where they said, we got to offer this dude. 5'10", I want to say 180, um, just lightning in a bottle. I mean, he's just super quick, jitterbug. You know, he can catch the ball extremely well out the backfield even. And he's the guy that I bet Ron Bellamy at the Michigan camp was just sitting there or standing and just being like, yep, I've seen that before. I've seen him do that before. And uh, from West Bloomfield High School, plenty of connections with Donovan, um, you know, Paige, and obviously now his former high school coach, Ron Bellamy. And he's a kid I just love because, for me, he reminds me of K.J. Hamler so much. He's just so tough to defend and stay yeah. in front of. Yeah, I, I, you nailed it, Bryce. I, I 
Sometimes, and this is important. Sometimes, man, is is film don't lie. Is the same. And I think for for Michigan, I think that was what what Ron Bellamy's kind of deal was. You you got to be. You got to be a little careful when it's when it's your guy that it's not just sentiment. It's not just a sentimental thing. You know that that from a skill standpoint, whether it's, you know, height, weight, speed or just, you know, technical skill, positional skill, that those are as good or better than the other guys that you're recruiting. That you aren't just inflating a guy because he's your guy. You know, this is one of the things that we talked about when we were talking about Jeremiah Caldwell, right? It's Clink Scales guy, right? But you got to be careful that you aren't just elevating him because he's your guy. Same thing with Samaj Morgan for Ron Bellamy. Because what is the question about Samaj Morgan? Same question. And this is what the scouts were saying. I mean, you can, this was one of the benefits of being at camp. You can hear what different coaches are saying about different guys. So the question about Jeremiah Caldwell is, what does he run, right? And so you can, I mean, I've heard different speeds. He's not a burner. We can, we can agree. He has great film, though. He makes, he's a playmaker. And so that's what makes him so intriguing. I sense that Michigan is still on the fence with where to go with, with Caldwell to revisit that. I think that, is he a safety? Can he play corner in this scheme? What about the other guys we're in on? I think that's where they are with him. With Samaj Morgan, I think if you put him on the clock, if you put him on the watch, you know, he's not a burner. He's not a burner on the track. He will light you, he will light you up on the football field. Because his short area quickness and burst is elite. So getting off the line of scrimmage, he's he's separating off the line. He's separating out of breaks. Right? So he can create. He can create leverage with his quickness, whereas it might not be where some guys with long speed, where they just start striding it out and they run away from guys. He can burst out of a break and he can make to be a kid that's 5'10", Bryce, he can make the contested catches. You know, he is a contested catch guy, so he can create separation. And if you close the gap speed wise, if you're even with him, you know what it's like. And I'm not saying he's this guy, all right? Please understand, I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown. But one of the things that I marvel at with Antonio Brown is to be a smaller guy, he is an excellent contested catch guy. And I see some of that some of that skill with Samaj Morgan. I like your comparison. In K.J. Hamler, he has K.J. Hamler-like quickness. He does not have K.J. Hamler-like speed. Not right now. Maybe he will eventually, but even if he don't, even if he doesn't, that contested catch ability that you see in a smaller guy, I think was enough that makes this, you got to go on this dude. I, I, I love him like you, Bryce. I think he's a ball player. And I think another kid, another very intriguing guy that they went on, and we're going to hear from his coach coming up. This is a long Michigan recruiting insider. You guys are in for a little bit, little little treat here. Uh, but Aaron Alexander, we mentioned the name Aaron Alexander in the last podcast because we were talking about the Ferris camp and guys that impressed, and he's one of those Belleville linebackers that impressed, that were a little under the radar. Another kid, Cam Dyson, was another that under the radar kind of impressed. But 
you could really, really tell they were intrigued by Aaron Alexander, but they didn't offer right away. And then they get into that camp that Sunday. So that would have been, what, like the sixth? And this kid, Deuce Spurlock, comes up, and he balls out. And Deuce Spurlock runs like a, a 4 5 40, and, you know, they they move on him. He, he's, he's, he gives them some good size, some athleticism. They move on this kid, Deuce Spurlock, and they offered him. And I think maybe some of the initial hesitancy – to offer Aaron Alexander. It's like, hey, we haven't really seen him work out with us, for us. We got Deuce Spurlock coming. Deuce Spurlock comes and he kills it. But they say, Aaron, Aaron, we want you to come to camp too. And Aaron Alexander, had he come to that camp with Deuce Spurlock, probably would have got that offer. Because he came to the camp the next week on the 13th, Bryce. And when I say he turned in some wow, he ran two four. I'm told he ran two four fours at that camp. Six one two oh five. Now, so so see if you can get with that. I'm going to test you real quick, Bryce, before we get to a break in the interview with Belleville coach Jermaine Crowell about, about Aaron I'm Alexander. All right, so listen. 6'1", 205, fancied himself as a running back. All right, 6'1", 205, Belleville, fancies himself as a running back but projects more as a linebacker and he can run a 4-4. Who in Michigan history, in recent Michigan history, in the past 25 years, does that sound like? You put me on the spot. Man, okay, I'll wrong. give you a hint. 1997 National Championship team. Come on, Bryce. Come on, man. Ian go, Bryce. Ian go. Ian go. I know. I know. I know. I hear about it. I know. I hear about. It. I'm, hey, I'm sorry, Mr. Golden. I think you did great. I was right. really bored, hey, but hey, sure. I think you did great. <laughs> he damn sure doesn't want, want you to call him Ian Gold, but this is like Ian Gold. The story plagiarized. I mean, his life has been plagiarized right now in the form of Aaron Alexander. Why do I say that? They're virtually the same size. 61205. That was Ian Gold coming out of Belleville. Running back. He think he's a running back. He wants to be a, a running back. And that's what Crowell, you hear Crowell say. He, he, he said he's a running back. So we're going to let a kid play what he wants to play. Right? But, he said, but I always thought his upside was greater at linebacker. What did Ian Gold come to Michigan as? A running back who transitioned to linebacker, brings speed to that position. Sideline to sideline, can cover, knows for the football. This is a projection. This is a, you laid out his offers before the podcast. Marshall and what was the other one you said? Eastern Illinois. Marshall and Eastern Illinois. But look, you got you to gotta have that third eye. You got to be able to see what others aren't seeing. 61205 can run a 4-4. And when he played, because he got hurt, that's the other thing that kind of subdued his recruitment. He got hurt last year. So you got to be able to see a little bit, right? And Michigan, they were with them at the Ferris camp, like, okay. Then they brought them to their camp, and like, oh, no, we got to go. Because they, it looks like, in talking to Crowell, they foresee what Crowell sees coming up. And he said, man, I think this dude is about to be big time. He said, this is the kind of guy that flies under the radar that I've had in the past that Iowa comes in and gets, and he turns into a guy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this break. We're going to come back on the other side. you hear from Jermaine Crowell talking about Aaron Alexander, this in-state kid that he's he's blown up at least for Michigan. He hasn't blown up for other schools yet, but Michigan was like, man, nah, we are waiting for game film. Let's, let's jump on this right now. 
And I think Michigan, I put in a crystal ball. I know Steve Lorenz put in a crystal ball. I'm pretty sure Bryce Merritt is going to put in a crystal ball. I did uh, this morning. Yeah, Michigan so Michigan is looking pretty good for Aaron Alexander. So we will hear from Jermaine Crowell on the other side, and then we will preview Victor's Weekend, another huge recruiting weekend for the Maize and Blue. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Mr. Aaron Alexander, I need you to give me the, the book on this dude. Was you Were you at camp with him on Sunday? Mm-mm. So tell me about this dude, man. Tell me about where he's come from. Uh, as far as, I mean, Michigan is like, this is one of the, they're all over the kid now. Uh, I was talking to Alan about it. Sounds like you're anticipating this being maybe the next guy. Tell me why. Tell me what you've seen and what you expect to see from him. He got all the measurables. He big, he fast. But then he got some intangibles in the fact that he's coachable. Yes, sir. No, sir. Great grades. A lot of parental support, both sides. You know, got a stable background. Kid just, it was, you kind of just could see it coming. I mean, at least I could. Mm-hmm. I thought that normally in years past, Aaron is the kind of kid that Iowa would come in here and get because wouldn't nobody notice him, you know? I mean, they got, he reminds me of Kayvon Merriweather, my kid that is at Iowa. Like they, to me, they damn near like the same kid. Both was big and fast. Both of them, you never going to have no off the field or I've never had no off the field problems with them. You know, like no trouble at all. None. Yes, sir. No, sir. Do whatever you ask him to do. Don't get no talk back. Don't get no none of that. Ever. Like ever. Not one time. So that being the case, he, the kid is going to do everything you ask him to do. Not going to ask no questions. Going to trust your word. Going to get good grades. Can run run fast and, and has got great size. I, that's the kind of kid I thought was going to blow up. I, I figured, like, of all the kids we had, I'm like, when people see him at a camp, they're going to love him. Like, the only thing that he's missing is, is a lot of on-game on, on, uh in-game reps, which anybody that can can see, can tell, this upside through the roof. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that happens or not, that's up to, you know, him him staying healthy. And, but I think he's done nothing but shown he's just progressively gotten better each and every year to the point where he's going to be one of the top athletes in the state without nobody even knowing about it. Right, right, right. So I'm curious, was there was there a game or a play last year? Anything in what what stands out the most to you? What moment in his season sort of when you think about Aaron Alexander, he's like, Man, that was yeah, that's when he flashed. That's when I saw something. In any game or moment stick out to you like that? When he broke his when he broke his thumb. If if he had not broke his thumb, I would still be, you know, kind of debating with the staff and as well as you know, him and and some other people over what position his greatest upside was. I think he's a natural defensive player. Like he's, he's a, as a running back to me, you have to have some things natural, some things you got to have natural vision. You got to have, you know, you got to feel people rather than see people. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you always look into the next level. And I don't know if he necessarily does that, you know, as well as he instinctively finds the football. He finds the football. He doesn't second guess it. He, we call it triggering. It don't take, if he gets a down block and I tell him, you get a down block, I need you to feel. He does that without hesitation. And when they, when you, and when I get that to me, oh, 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 he'll come bite you. Like he'll, he'll, he'll come. He, all he needs is, is, is the right keys and, and he coming downhill, you know, and he's a good athlete. So the more he does that, the more, like, I watched the kid run around with Deion Burks, I, and that's kind of what really let me know, like, you know, because I had him playing nickel when he first broke his thumb, and that was our way of getting him to, because he thought he was a running back. Like, man, you do do this on defense, and we play kids both ways so that you find a kid like that. Like, if, if he never took no reps on defense, we wouldn't have knew. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Rapley came in as a receiver. I think he's going to be one of the top safeties in the state. But, you know, when they first come in, they're going to fight you. Oh, you trying to change? No, I'm trying to get you on the field. I'm trying to – I don't know what you are. I know you're an athlete. So I want to put you in both and then, you know, let the colleges pick as to what you play on their level. But I would think that if you have a player that's really good, you're going to try to get him on the field as much as possible. Or at least I, that's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> right. So could you sense – because it really, it really feels like this started popping off at the Ferris camp. Now, correct me if that's wrong, if you started to sense Michigan looking at him before that, but when did you kind of notice that, man, hey, hey, they over there kind of looking at my guy? Man, it's that damn clink scale. <laughs> it was clink. Because when clink was at Kentucky, I told clink I had a kid that I thought Phil Parker was going to get. I was like, man, I got a kid that don't nobody know about that can run, that's got great grades. He's a yes, sir, no, sir kind of kid. I was like, I think Iowa going to end up getting him because he they, he they kind of kid. I was like, but I'm going to bring him down to Kentucky so you can check him out. He sat on that and sat on that, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking to uh, Courtney Morgan. And they want to list the guys. And I go past uh, Aaron, and then all of a sudden, they, well, tell me a little bit more about him. And then I just told him how fast he was, what kind of grades he had, and how I had no problems out of him. And then they put on his tape. And I told him, I like, he got limited tape. I like, but that's because he always thought he was running back. And so there you heard it. I kind of chopped the end of the interview off because we started going off into talking about Belleville and how things are going to be different at Belleville. You're talking about some major philosophical changes uh, coaching-wise for Jermaine Croyle that he thinks is going to be the key to that team. Um, you know, they, they've been there, they've been right there, and just couldn't get over the hump uh, the last few years, so... Uh, what's the key to them getting over the hump? That's one of the things that we talked about. Maybe I'll bring that to you in a future podcast. But Aaron Alexander, uh, another really good um, example of potential that you evaluate in person, not potential that you see on film. No, you work this guy out twice now. So you know what you're getting. You know what kind of athlete you're getting anyway. So you got. I, I feel pretty good about that. 
uh, you know, the 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 upside that you see with your own eyes. All right. So this big visit weekend, Bryce, we've been talking about it forever. You were the one, I think, the first one that I uh, that I know of who said, hey, they have this thing coming up called Victor's Weekend. That was a Bryce marriage scoop, right, that they named this weekend that they're having. Uh, and it's going to be a banger. Huge. I mean, we're talking the top of the top of the top of their, you know, target list. Um, you know, and anyone you can think of that they really, really want, they're going to be there. They're going to have all their commits there. They're going to have several of their top, you know, targets there as well. And they're going to have other guys. But, you know, one of the guys I've shoot, talked to several about several times on this podcast, maybe sometimes more than you and Steve, is Justice Finkley, 6'2", 255, Trustville, Alabama. Um, family definitely likes Michigan in terms of A. Sean Larkins, who just got a promotion to director of recruiting, and the academics. And, you know, we've kind of touched base on that several times on the podcast. But for me, going into this visit, the big thing I want to see and hear about is how comfortable they feel with Michigan in terms of the scheme and then in terms of life after football. I think Michigan can definitely check both of those pretty easily, but I'm going to be curious about how they go about that. I mean, for me, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if they took him by, you know, Mott's children's hospital or the hospital and said, listen, you want to be a neurosurgeon? Well, guess what? We got one of the best freaking hospitals five miles away. If that from, you know, the campus here. So you can do that. You can do everything you want in terms of on the football field because guess what, too? If you're trying to get to the next level, we have the coaches that are coached at the next level, and then we also have shown we can get guys to the next level. That has not been a problem since Jim Harbaugh has been the head coach of Michigan, sending guys to the league. He's been able to do that completely, 100%, no problem. Big thing, too, with him is – you know, I think for him, he wants to see these schools, see what they have to offer. Colorado, he just came off official visit with. His dad's a huge Colorado fan. So people might be wondering, why is this top 100 kid from Alabama considering Colorado? Well, his dad's a huge fan. He grew up a Colorado fan, loves the Buffs, had a great time out there. The campus is really gorgeous. I'm looking at some of the pictures he posted, I mean, I've never been there, but I'm like, wow blown away yeah, he remembers wow. it from the days when when colorado was winning national championships with or a national championship with i believe the quarterback was was it darian hagan and eric b enemy is that when they won the national championship i think it was but I, darian hagan eric b enemy then you move down the line and you get into the cordell stewart rashawn salam years which we hate as michigan fans we hate it we hate those guys michael westbrook anyway on, I, I do remember that one. I do remember that. <laughs> Maybe not in in you know gold, but I do remember that game. Um, and what happened? I won't bring it up. But yeah, and like you said, with Miles Pollard bring his family. Justice Finkley, he's bringing the whole family plus Uncle, who's a huge <laughs> Michigan fan. I mean, huge Michigan fan, and he will be there. His whole family will be there, and this is something where I think Michigan can easily knock it out the park with. They got the tools. They got the resources. Now it's about showing what Michigan's all about. And here's the other thing to know. He's been to Michigan before. He's seen a game day. He got offered back in 2019 at the Ohio State game when he came up for an unofficial visit. Teams to watch, though, in this recruitment will be Colorado, Texas, who's kind of becoming like the Notre Dame. I mean, Texas is a 
basically after almost the same guy's submission, and obviously Alabama. Nick Saban definitely wants Justice Finkley. Feels like he's a perfect fit. And we talk about guys like Jordan Phillips looking the part of defensive uh, lineman you've uh. seen the SEC. Justice Finkley. Yeah, he fits the bill. Hey, man, Jordan Phillips is blowing up. Jordan Phillips is blowing up, by the way. I mean, Georgia offered Jordan Phillips. Florida offered Jordan Phillips. What did I say? What did we say? That this dude... This dude is a guy. We've been saying it forever. And I'm I continue to be told. I, I continue to be told. Hold on. Let me let me show Bryce this text message that when I say that Michigan still looks good for Jordan Phillips. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna show you something, Bryce. See if you can vouch for me when I podcast. say this was this was yeah, well, but but when I say that Michigan remains in good shape despite the offers to Jordan Phillips. Read this, this text message. See, can you read this over the, hold on, let me see, can I hold it up? Can you, can you see that? Oh, that's all right. Offers. Hey, wait, wait, don't read it. Don't read it out loud. <laughs> but tell me when you see that, does that look like Michigan is still in good shape? Yeah. <laughs> I won't read it, which I was about to. But right, right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you another it's one. It's safe to it, say that was that was that true. one was after the Georgia offer. So then I got this one after the Florida offer. So see if you can read that one. Okay, let's see. Okay. So, so uh, what, you so you have a crystal ball in for Jordan <laughs> Phillips, right? I do have a crystal ball in for. Jordan I might Phillips. add one. I might add one. <laughs> now that doesn't mean that things can't change. That doesn't mean that things can't change. Uh, you know, this is the, we aren't we are we can't make the future be what they say it's gonna be, uh, what we think it's gonna be. But we have good reason to believe that Michigan is still in very very good shape with Jordan Phillips. And can you imagine a scenario? Can you dream a little dream? Now this would be, this isn't a little dream. It'd be a big dream. Let's say they could land a Jordan Phillips that you that you beat the SEC for a Jordan Phillips. I actually think that that could be a factor for Jordan Phillips and a Justice Finkley. If you can get those guys, now you start to look a lot better for the biggest fish of the bunch. Oh, don't do it to him. <laughs> don't do it to him, Sam. You're going to get these people. Walter Nolan, to revisit earlier in oh. the show, is an animal. Is an animal. I have seen some very impressive showings in camp settings. Like, you know, Rashawn Gary a few years back was really one of the most impressive showings that I've seen because Rashawn was, he was, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 290, and he ran like a 4'7", like a 4'7", a 4'6", something, something like 4'6", I think it was that he ran. And I think he ran even faster than that, uh, getting ready for the NFL. Anyway, it was freaky. And, you know, to see a guy that big that could explode out of his stance and, you know, get across the line, he was just a, a size, speed, physical freak of an athlete that was tough to contend with. You, just his sheer speed was tough to contend with. Now, people would say, well, how did that work out? He still was a first-round draft pick, still was an NFL player, uh, you know, had a good career. Did he, You know, people would say, well, he – he didn't have a Bosa career, but he had a good career. I don't think any guy that winds up a first-round pick, you say, oh, he didn't live up to the hype. He lived up to being a first-round draft pick. This kid 
Walter Nolan, as impressive as Rashawn Gary's showing was a few years ago. What I witnessed, what we witnessed Walter Nolan do to the competition down in Florida was more impressive. Walter Nolan, there isn't a high school lineman in this country that can block him. I promise you that. He went through those guys like they weren't there. I, I, what I wrote is he made them look like light work. It, it was unbelievable. that, And it wasn't with sheer power because you would think a guy 6'4", he's listed at like 305. He's probably 3'10", 315 in that range. You wouldn't think a guy – you would think that a guy that big, he would just overpower the competition. I didn't see him turn in one bull rush. Everything he did was speed, quickness, and technique. He bust out a swim move. He bust out a spin move. He had great hand technique. I mean, he, he has a pass rush arsenal. So it was a technical clinic as much as it was a physical clinic. See, what Rashawn Gary put on was a physical clinic where it was just size and speed. Wow, he's a blur off the, off the edge in one-on-ones. This dude, he sets you up. He give you that first step quickness and come off the edge one snap. Next time he's gonna come hit you with a spin move and beat you that way. He beat one dude so bad that he turned around and did the He get he blows by him with the spin, turns around, looks back at him and backs into the into the dummy Usain Bolt style. It was freaky. Oh, it was it was freaky. Hey man, and on, and you want to know Walt. how how quick he is. So you know that I'm just not I'm not embellishing. That's film out. You can see it. But the time in the three cone drill, which measures your short area quickness. For those linemen, this is like the drill. The three cone drill is that's way more important than a 40. You know, your three cone quickness, your change of direction, your explosion out of a out of a stance. What are you in that drill? More important than a 40. So he ran. A shade over seven seconds, seven point oh three seconds in the three cone drill. Now, what does that mean? How did so equate that? What's the equivalent? You know, how impressive is that compared to like a, a say a four or five forty time? All right, so Aaron Donald, we will agree, is the best defensive player in the game. I think. Let's stipulate that. If you don't think he is the best defensive player in the game, you certainly think he's one of them, and is the best defensive lineman in the game at the very least. Aaron Donald at the 2014 NFL Draft Combine ran a 7-1-1 three-cone drill. 7-1-1 three-cone drill as a guy going into the NFL. So he is five years older than Walter Nolan at that point. And get this, he's 285 pounds running that very impressive three-cone drill. That's 25, 30 pounds lighter then Walter Nolan, who ran it in 7.03, and the young man says he can run it in under seven seconds that he has, and who are we to doubt him? He is a freak, a freak freak. And so if you think that uh, you, Michigan has no chance, you know, chances between slim and none, this is one of those times where you roll those dice. This is a guy that you say, I don't give it I don't care if you say it's one in a million. We are taking a shot at this dude. Because he is a game wrecker. He is a game wrecker of a defensive lineman. 
And so you take your shot at that guy. And I think they have a legitimate shot. Do I think it's do I think that the the South, and I'll put the South in a bucket, do I think the South is is the the most likely landing spot for Walter Nolan? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think the South is the most likely landing spot. But do I think that this is a slim chance for Michigan? Like it's you know, they it'll they they'll be lucky. It'll be a lucky break. If they get they are more in it than that. They have great connections with his family. Ron Bellamy has forged a great relationship. He is warmed up to Sean Nua. They really, really like Jim Harbaugh. It was an awesome gesture having the camp in Memphis. He mentioned that. Walter did. Said, man, it says something to me that they came down, they came down to this camp just for me. That's huge. And so he's looking at a few things. He said, I'm coming to campus. I want to see the good and the bad. So what those bad, what that bad stuff is, he didn't get to, but I'm sure there are some negative recruiting things that other schools are using. You got to be able to flip that if you're Michigan. And then the other piece is, who, who are you getting? Who are you getting? That's why I say Justice Finkley being on this visit is important. And if Michigan can land him. Um, Will Johnson, they already got. He'll be on this visit. Their relationship foraging there, right? kind of show him that vision of the future that doesn't seem far-fetched with him a part of it. You know, definitely the linemen, the young linemen they got in the last class. Give him a good glimpse of those. So he wants to have a good time, but he wants to have a real time too. So good time, yeah, you hang with the players, you party, you have a good time, all that. The real time is, all right, what are the warts? What are the, where's the adversity? Where's the, the tough part of this? And how do we get through that? Show me that, too. Build the relationships. Who else you're getting? Michigan has a shot in this recruitment. Family in Detroit being the last piece. So we'll mention this. Mom and Walter, mom and the kids, you know, his brothers, they made the trip up to Michigan already. They stopped by Ohio State. So there was a stop, a pit stop in Columbus to, to check them out. I just... I think Ohio State, my opinion, my opinion in this mix is on the periphery in his in his top eight contingent. I, I think they're playing more catch up. I think Michigan is ahead of Ohio State in this race. But family in Detroit, family in Detroit that wants him to go to Michigan. Didn't we play that? Didn't we play that on this podcast, Bryce, a few a little while back? Yep. yep. He said, nephew. You gotta go to Michigan. I need to pull that clip up so people <laughs> so people can hear. But look, you're right, Bryce. You don't want to give people false hope. I'm being real with you when I say, hey, I just said I think he's most likely gonna stay in the South. But this isn't a nothing. This isn't me gassing up Michigan's chances for effect. I don't do that. I I'll tell you if I think Michigan isn't gonna get a guy, like I did with with Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown was still being covered as a Michigan recruit, right, months ago, months before he committed to Ohio State. I went on the site and I said, look, guys, I know you're reading stories. He's mentioned in Michigan. Michigan's still recruiting him. Michigan's on this board. Michigan was once the favorite. Michigan's on the outside looking into this recruitment. He's probably going to Ohio State. I said that months ago. So I'm not going to gas you up. I'm not going to blow smoke. They have a shot, Bryce, at Walter Nolan. That's that's all you can ask for. And like you said, I think with him coming up on this Victor's weekend, big thing is he can see the future. And, 
you know, for me, I, this would make his second visit in as many weeks. I mean, how many schools has he done that with? And so Ron Bellamy has played a huge, huge part in this recruitment. It's really helped forge that bridge in terms of Michigan's connection with him, with his family. And I think at this point, if you were to land a kid like him, that just changes the whole narrative of defense online, of what they can do in any scheme. I mean, like you said, Sam, he can play any scheme. He can play freaking linebacker. If he said, I want to play linebacker tomorrow at Michigan, I can whatever number he wants and say, go for it. Do what you got to do. But yeah, freak of an athlete. He's been compared, I think, on our site to Ed Oliver, um, just a guy that's Always in the backfield. Yeah, he's a better athlete. Than, he's a better athlete than Ed, Ed Oliver. I'm confident enough to say that he's a better athlete than Ed Oliver. Uh, this this kid will be hard to mess up. He will be hard to mess up. I mean, I know we we often give qualifiers and caveats to how good these guys are because they haven't they haven't proven it on a high school level. I mean, on a college level yet. And I get that with him. I rarely do you hear me offer as strong a statement uh, as I'm about to offer on Walter Nolan. Rarely. Because I'll always say, we, we got to wait to see how he'll adjust to, you know, being away from home and, and competition and all of that. No, dude. There isn't a high school player in this country that can block him. He's going to run into some in his freshman year in college that can block him one-on-one. But past his freshman year, you will not be able to single block Walter Nolan. You mark my words. Will not be able to do it. But, you know, what I was talking about when I said, you know, family being a big thing, this, Bryce, is what I was talking about. This is what I was getting at right My here. Because, nephew. Right this is This is Pops. So what about the fam, man? I mean, you know, are they Michigan fans? Are they Michigan State fans? Like, Man, my wife's cousins. I mean, uncles. And cousins. Man, we went over to her grandma's house and they came in with their Michigan paraphernalia on. Like, like, cuz, nephew, you gotta go to Michigan. <laughs> she got an aunt that's in Washington and Phoenix. And they were FaceTiming. She was like, nephew, you gotta go to Michigan. And, and they was cracking jokes. And one of her uncles was like, Tell him Ohio State one of the people that's on the list and watch what she say. She like pitched a fit. <laughs> so I'm not making it up. I know that there is this feeling, this sentiment out there that he committed to Florida. They are adamant that that didn't happen. Uh, they say took the official visit. It was outstanding. Dad came right out and said, look, for any school, for Michigan to top this, it's going to have to be an AA++ visit. Not just an A+, an AA++ visit. So Florida did. A whale of a job. It was funny to hear the Southern guys talk about it. They didn't seem to. They seem nonplussed by that. They they feel like Bama, LSU, will top Florida's visits easily. That seems to be the sentiment coming from from those programs. But I think Michigan is poised to to put forth a huge pitch. I think NLI will be a pivotal part of it. Name, image, or NIL, excuse me. Name, image, likeness, a presentation on that will be front and center. I think that is something. I know that is something. I know that is something that they are looking closely at and paying close attention to. Uh, If Michigan can do that, again, they will have a real shot 
in this recruitment. They said, oh, well, he went back to Florida a second time. And they said, look, man, Florida ran a little game. Florida knew he was on his way to IMG from Florida. You got to go through the Gainesville area to get there. And they said, hey, we want to have a photo shoot with the little brother, with the brother Warren, the middle brother, who's a freshman, who has a Michigan offer, has a Florida offer. George, we, we want to get him on a, on a photo shoot because he wasn't on the official visit with Walter. And you know what it is, right, Bryce? <laughs> I mean, you know what it is, right? We, we want to get Walter back on campus, right? We were recruiting Warren, too. We want to get Walter back on campus. Now, the family knows that, but they ask the brothers. You know, Warren, the middle brother, Waylon, the, the littlest brother. You know, he's got an offer, too. <laughs> Waylon's got an offer, too? He got an offer from Tennessee. Wait, they offered Waylon? Waylon, you're holding out on me, man. And so they uh, they – they ask them. They ask Warren and Waylon, "Do you guys want to go to Florida for you know photo shoot and whatnot?" They say, "Yeah, let's go." So that was how that happened. And he got back on campus, hung out with the staff again, and had a photo shoot with his brother. So it's all good. But it's it's more suggestive. Uh, you know, the 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 significance of that is more you know is more perception than reality, is what I'll say. So again, uh, Michigan with a great opportunity. Michigan with a legitimate shot here, and we will see where it goes. And there are so many other visitors on Victor's Weekend. We'll have a full preview up for you uh, before the weekend begins. All right. And I do not know if Walter is on Michigan's campus yet. I just know he is in the state of Michigan now. Uh, you know, mom and the kids came up early so they could visit her family in Detroit. So, um, but they will be, you know, things will get underway pretty early on Friday with the Nolans, and so we'll see where it goes. But as I said, this was a jam-packed Michigan Recruiting Insider, and we didn't even have Steve Lorenz on. We didn't even have Josh Hinchke on to talk about all the rumblings, all the everything that's happening on the basketball side of things. Is Michigan just offered J.J. Taylor, I don't know if you saw that, the five-star in the uh, 23 class that you guys saw down, down at Spies. And, you know, things looking good with Jaden Bradley. Seth Trimble was just on campus. Donovan Klingon just mentioned, just uh, visited. You got Doug McDaniel coming in pretty soon. Ty Rogers things are looking up. I mean, all over the place, big things are happening on the recruiting trail for the maize and blue. You can stay up to speed for just a dollar your first month by going to the MichiganInsider.com. Get signed up now. Hell, even if it's even if it's just for the summer, I mean, you'll like it more than that. But even if it's just for the summer, at least you'll get this month, you'll get Victor's Weekend. You'll get the the barbecue at the Big House, which I think is going to have some big names at that, too. We'll get to that as that gets closer. Uh, but, yeah, very, very good shape uh, the Wolverines are in a number of recruitments this summer. We'll see if they start harvesting some of those guys. You can be right along with us over on the MichiganInsider.com. Go get signed up for just a dollar. And with the podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. They can find it. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast and up it'll come. But that will do it for this marathon session. That's what it's like with a, a big-time month like this, a marathon session of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. We'll be back next week with another one just like it here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.